Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Unapologetic Woman. I am so excited today. I have an incredible guest. She's so kind-hearted. She is such a community builder. Her name is Pia Beck. She's an entrepreneur who helps impact-driven entrepreneurs scale while maintaining their integrity and making sure that they don't lose connection to their community. She's considered a chief strategy officer who is willing to get into the weeds and optimize the gift of their clients. So Pia, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk to you today. You know, we met on Clubhouse, (laughs) which is another form of community building and meeting people that you otherwise normally wouldn't meet and having great conversations. I immediately was attracted to the way that you held space in that room. And, you know, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about you. I'm really excited for the audience to learn more about you. So I'd love to like start off with just asking, give me a little bit about your background and what led you to wanting to move into the entrepreneur space? Well, first things first, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) And thanks for that lovely intro. (laughs) So I have a background in HR, people operations and recruiting. So I went to school for communication and psychology and professional writing for business communication. I moved into recruiting senior level software engineers for a tech company, which was something I knew nothing about and was like not at all qualified to do. And I learned so much and it was great. And then moved into a people operations role for a national startup company. And my focus there was really around not only managing the whole HR function, they were a startup, so they hadn't had an HR function Mm. yet. And so really building the HR function from the ground up, but also because it was a national company and there were teams in all these different cities, creating processes that had the ability to trickle down to the managers who were actually like boots on the ground in all of these cities. So it was managing the HR function both directly and also indirectly and really setting the company up to continue to scale because their business model was to continue launching more teams in more cities. Mm -hmm. So loved so much about that job and was really good at certain parts of that job. And for most of my life, I had been working towards this idea of success Mm -hmm. and I did it right. I was the head of a department. I had a small team of direct reports. I was responsible for like a lot of really important things inside this company. And I kind of checked all the boxes and I was so unhappy. Mm. And I woke up one day and was just like, 
well, what do I do? <laughs> like, this is what I've been working towards. This is what I was told success was for my whole life. This is what I've been grinding away at. And I, and I really don't like it. So what am I supposed to do? And I quit that job on a whim, which is very unlike me. I'm super structured. Uh, mm. I've been called rigid. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not something that I was like practiced in, like doing things kind of instinctually. Yeah. And I left that job without a financial runway, no leads, no idea of really what I was going to do other than I'm going to build a business doing what I've always been great at. And in theme of our conversation today, just really being unapologetic of like, here's who I am and here's what I'm good at. And I know there's people out there who mm -hmm. need this right? and I just need to find them and get them to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was all kinds of learning curve with that. And it was a lot of really rapid iteration at the beginning, just kind of staying really in tune with my intuition and what felt right. And just like that continuous, mm. like leaning in of, okay, like, does this feel like the next step? does this feel like the next step? And just trusting that and found my groove, grew really quickly. And today Curate Well Co is a team of now four. I just wow. hired someone else. We're Congratulations. a team of four internally. Thank you. I love it because like my HR side gets to right moment in the sun again. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so we're a team of now four and we have clients all over the country, all over the world. And we get to help them do what they're great at in a way that is mm -hmm. scalable and really impactful for their communities. That's incredible. You brought up a really important point and I want to pull it out a little bit and talk about it a little bit more. And one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that you have to be able to pivot. You got to be able to run with the changes. And especially early on when you're still trying to figure out what is my space and what part of the internet bubble do I want to own? It can be very daunting. And so for someone who describes themselves as rigid or, you know, who describes themselves as never moving away from the plan necessarily, how was that for you? How was that to, you know, really base it off of your instincts and make that change, especially with not having a financial runway? That is one of the main reasons that keep people in corporate. It was a mixed experience. So there was the part of me that was just so broken and done with what I had been doing that a part mm -hmm. of me, I think didn't see another way. Like I woke up one morning in my job and was just like, is this what I'm supposed to do for the next like 40 years? Yeah. And my whole body was like, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so there was a part of me, I think that was just like, well, I have nothing to lose. Right. I have, I don't see any other path right. to create what I want for myself. And entrepreneurship has taught me so many things and the ability to be agile and to lean into instinctually what feels right and not even lean into, I guess a more accurate way of saying this would be honor and actually listen to, because I think I've been a fairly intuitive person my whole life, but I think through conditioning, society, family dynamics, all the things right. I learned to override it. Yeah, And so it was almost a like reprogramming of not overriding that intuition. And, you know, I've learned, I think with entrepreneurship, you really can't not be agile, right? You're just yep. put in situations over and over and over again, where you have to learn and you have to grow and you have to adapt. And if you don't do those things, I think to some extent you don't succeed, right. And yeah. in what it is that you're out to do. So it was partially like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what feels right. This is just like the way it has to be now. And then there was another part of me that was like, 
oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> like things change every day <laughs> and that's my life now. Okay. How am I going to learn how to do this? And there's certain days where I'm way more successful at it than others. Like still, like I have certain days where like that rigidity definitely like, it feels like right. a grip. It's like, oh no, like you got to do mm-hmm. the thing. <laughs> and then the other days where I'm like, okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to switch gears. So it's a practice, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. You said it really well. And something what you said again was so interesting. And I believe wholeheartedly is that women have great intuition. That's for sure. But they struggle with trusting it because of the conditioning and the family dynamics and what's being told. And also when you're new in a space, it's all of the, you should do this, the five best things must have this. And when you're new in that space, especially in entrepreneurship, it's, you're looking for answers because it's new and it's daunting. And so how do you trust your intuition? So that's my question to you is how do you balance your intuition with also seeking expert advice in that space? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think that this again comes in phases. Like when I was first getting started in my business, I did look externally for a lot of information and I'm glad I did that to some degree because I learned a lot, right? Like there's mm-hmm. certain things that you just don't know that someone oh, absolutely. else does know. And you've got to get, you've got to burn a little bit on the way. Totally. In order to learn and trust yourself. Oh, totally. A hundred percent. And I think that what has really helped me is like hearing that, right? Like, like being open to the information, being open to receiving the information and then like taking a pause and saying, okay, how do I, like, how do I feel about this? Yes. Right. Now that I have this knowledge, how do I feel about like taking action on this? Mm -hmm. What feels good to me? Is that something I want to keep? Is that something I want to release? And we get to choose, right? And I think that's really what it is for me is just a a quick pause to say, okay, am I choosing to integrate this information or am I choosing to say this information isn't quite for me and that's okay? I think that's so powerful is, you know, what you just said about like choosing, because one of the things is that when we are just going through our day-to-day and we're making decisions and they're happening on a subconscious level, we're just kind of going in this routine and something happens, there is a mistake that occurs or, you know, you took the wrong path when you're like, oh, you know what? No, this should be the other strategy. We can get really harsh on ourselves of like, why did I do this? And when specifically it's women who are in this space that are, you know, and I think highly driven empathic women tend to be really critical on themselves because they want to give so much and they're so purpose-driven, right? Like it's like, I want to make sure that my clients get the most out of it, even if it means sacrificing myself at times. And so the words that you chose about choosing play a really large impact also in not just the internal strategy, but like, how are you going to create this, you know, attract the right audience, create clients that you truly want to work with. So when you think about that with your clients that are coming to you, they're working with you and they're trying to figure out their space in this world, how do you help them like trust their intuition? When you talk about being an intuitive leader, I think it is the idea of choice and just reminding the people that work with me, like you have a choice in all of this. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to share with you what I know and, and share resources with you and set you up for success and tell you what's worked for me. And it's your business. I have no financial (laughs) stake in your business. Like you have to do what, what you want to do. And so I think it's a balance of, you know, standing in, in what I believe to be true and and what I have to offer while also offering the permission of, you know, if this doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And encouraging people 
to really lean into what makes them different. I think that like, that's really where the shift happened for me, right? Was saying like, okay, this is what I want to do differently. These are the things that like really bother me that no one else seems to agree with, but really bother me. And so I'm going (laughs) to do it differently. And so sharing that with my clients and saying like, whatever it is that makes you different, the things that bother you, like what feels right to you, work that into all of the tactical knowledge I'm sharing with you and use what I'm sharing with you to bring to life what feels true to you. Another thing is that I work with a pretty wide variety of businesses. So all of my clients have in common that they are impact driven, right? Mm -hmm. They really want to cause something for Mm -hmm. their community. They want to show up as leaders. They have similar goals in terms of how they want to expand their brand. And yet what their business actually does is very, very different. And it's one of the reasons why I love our group program so much, because I think that there's so much benefit to being in a group program like that with people who do different things as you. So Mm -hmm. it's not just, okay, we're all in the same boat. We're all doing the same thing. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. It's here's the strategy go apply that. And it's going to look a little bit different for every single one of you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the movements or, you know, that I think is really powerful right now is women supporting women, women, empowering women, women help women rise. And it's that, that language change that's happened from, and this is something that I definitely work on is really seeing the difference between like, oh, the only woman to be in a male dominated space. It's like, well, let's change that to like, you know, instead of it being language where it's women pitting against each other, they're being pitted against each other. It's like, no, we're all on the same team now. And that's what sounds like with your group program you're creating is that, you know, not only is it that they are getting these amazing resources and strategies that are well proven from you, but they're getting to meet other women that could also potentially become lifelong friends and lifelong support. So, and that's something that you're really moved into this year is like being a true community space holder. And so how does that look for you? Like why is community of women so important to you? A couple of reasons. So I grew up not necessarily having a super strong sense of community. I grew up outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and went to a fairly small school. It was a connected place, but I didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have the feeling of community. Mm -hmm. And the first time I experienced that was when I moved to Denver from California and I was going through yoga teacher training. And the studio that I was doing my training at was really centered around community. And I felt it. And I was like, wow, this is powerful. This Mm -hmm. isn't something I've ever experienced before. This isn't something I've ever heard anyone talking about before. And I was changed because of it from just experiencing it for myself. Yeah. So when I started Curate Wellco, which was shortly after that, I really focused on building that sense of community around my own brand. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the top three things I would say that I credit with our success and our fast growth mm-hmm. is the fact that I built this business in community. I really focused on relationship building, community building, networking, getting in into communities that already existed, cross-pollinating communities. Like for the right. first year of Curate Wellco, that was where the majority of my time and energy and, and resources went. And it quite literally paid off, right? It, yeah. You know, I tell my, the people in my community who are just starting their business, the first 
five people who sign up to work with you are going to be people that you know in some aspect, mm-hmm. right? You're probably not going to get your first client off the internet who you've never met before. Right, right. And so community was just such an integral part of laying a really strong foundation for my business. And mm-hmm. what I realized in reflecting on that and, you know, experiencing our growth was that nobody else in the like, quote unquote, online space was really talking about that, Mm. right? There was a lot of five ways to do this, you know, Instagram strategy, this and that, and that it's powerful, right? Right. Social media is a powerful tool, no doubt. Yep. And no one was talking about community building as a way to grow a business quickly. Mm -hmm. And it was huge for me. And so in crafting the membership specifically, I wanted to make that accessible for everybody else. Like what I kept hearing from my peers was, wow, you have this community. Like, how did you do that? How did you build this community? And so there's, you know, a component of teaching people how to do that themselves. And there was also a component of like, here, share mine, (laughs) right? (laughs) You need a community. Let me connect you to a couple hundred people who I know who can be your community too. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's so powerful that what you shared is that like something that you were craving growing up and when you had no idea what that could even mean, what that looked like, and you found it, you know, in your yoga city. And then immediately it was like, how can this not exist? How can this not be, you know, a bigger part of my life? And then therefore like spreading it through everybody else. And so, you know, I want to know from you, like when you think about community and that experience of having gone from like, not really having a big community to being immersed into it, what are the feelings that are associated with that? Mm. That's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that question <laughs> because I think that community has kind of become a buzzword in some ways. Yes. Uh, it's like my tribe, my community. Yeah, totally. And it is a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's a noun. And I think that true community has a feeling to it. And what it feels like is feeling belonged, mm, right? Yes. I feel belonged by people. Yep. And I'm able to help other people feel belonged. Mm -hmm. I think that's the word that stands. I don't even know if that's a word. I guess I shouldn't say that. (laughs) It's the word that I made up that that feels like community to me. And there's also a like, almost like a velocity to it, like a movement, right? Like you can kind of feel things shifting. You can feel things happening. You can feel information being transferred. Like it doesn't feel stagnant, right? It feels like a generation almost. Right. And so that's the other thing that I would say it feels like for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I know you're creating that within your membership community that you just started. So congratulations on that, that you just launched and I'm in it and I see it and I see the, the incredible women that are in that space and something that, you know, just from the few times we've spoken before and just from like, you know, watching you grow in this space and what you provide is that what I pick up about you is like, you have got a very fierce energy and you've got, you're very driven, but you have an, you have an abundant mindset, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's where that community comes in as well. And that's what I picked up about you just from the fact that, you know, again, going back to that drawing board of what women are, the bias of women, of women competing with other women. And that happens a lot in corporate. That happens a lot in male dominated spaces. But what I find really beautiful in this entrepreneur space is that by leaning on each other is actually how women grow together. So, you know, I'm curious to this 
abundant mindset that you have and the fierce and driven, you know, everything I'm picking up about you, where does that come from? Like, where did all of this, you know, package up into Pia? (laughs) That's such a loaded question. So there's certain things about me that I swear I just like came out of the womb. <laughs> Love it. I yes. talk about this with my therapist. I have a really incredible therapist who I have a, a super strong relationship with and she is very well versed in EMDR. So we do not a ton of, of actual EMDR work anymore. And there's, she pulls from a lot of concepts. So there's a lot of kind of like traveling back and digging into where things came from. And there's so many things about me that are like pre my like metacognition, right? Like at a certain age where you're able to like think about your thoughts. And so many of my like really potent memories are kind of like before that. So Mm -hmm. there's certain things where I swear I was like, I was like literally just born this way. (laughs) And I think part of where the fierceness comes from, like the drive, I've always been very motivated, self-motivated really. Mm -hmm. I've always been like that. Like I was the weirdo in second grade who was like making to-do lists for a play date. Like literally I had, I, a, I had a play date in second grade and I like slipped a note into her locker that was like, here's our agenda of what we're going to do. <laughs> you um, were meant for HR. <laughs> right. So that's me. You know, I also learned a lot from my parents. My parents are mm. super generous people and I grew up in an environment of generosity. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is definitely something that I learned along the way that really shows up in the community sense specifically. Generosity is one of our core values at Curate Wellco. And I think our community is one way that I'm able to express that. That makes so much sense. I mean, you know, there are certain traits that we are just innately born with, and that's just who we are. It's in our DNA. Nothing can change that. And then there are certain things that like circumstances and environments either, you know, exasperate it more, they are making even deepens it more, or it kind of makes it go meek a little bit. But it sounds like by stepping into the space of being an entrepreneur and then creating an environment where you have other women that can that can lean on each other, that can work with each other, is just only deepened that piece of you about giving and that generosity and really viewing it as, you know, and this is something that I say whenever I talk to any new entrepreneurs or I talk to any peer collaborators, is that especially with women that are in the same space as me in the mindset coaching is that there's 7 billion people in this world. We got enough, you know, like we don't need to be here wondering like, Oh, wait, is she going to, because we're all bringing, like you said, our own intuitive strengths. We're bringing our own unique who we are. And, you know, we could all be saying the exact same formula, but the way that it's shared is going to resonate with one person over the other. Totally. It's such a good point. And I hear that floating around from time to time. And I think it really takes people like reinforcing that idea for us to really get it. And so I'm just like, so glad to hear you say that and, you know, experience you really living into that because it's so true. There's this world is, is so big and there's definitely room for all of us. And in order for that to really feel true, I think we all need to collective individually and collectively like behave accordingly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and what I think is really powerful that what you do also is that with your group coaching program that you have, or with setting up entrepreneurs to have the business strategy that is really intuitive to them, but also creating a community of like, Hey, like I'm not the only one you can learn from 20 other women, a hundred other women that I have created in this community, in this membership group. It's 
also giving them the opportunity to see that, Hey, like if we collaborate with each other, how much more powerful our work could be and, you know, how much more support we can be because, you know, it's the powers in the numbers. Right. And so by having like five women come together, one may be more in financial coaching, someone else is in wellness coaching, whatever it may be, but they find that support with each other. I mean, that's something that you're really generating in this space. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many people who know so many things. Yeah. (laughs) When I was putting together the membership, I was like, okay, who do I want to learn from? Mm. Right. Who have I already learned from? Right. Mm -hmm. And, or who do I want to learn from? And, you know, the list is endless, right? We barely scratched the surface with this first year's lineup and there's so many more to come. Oh my gosh. And please, please share some of these people, these lineups that you have so that, you know, I want, I want, definitely want the audience to hear about this. Yeah, totally. What I can do is uh, maybe in the show notes, I can just drop a list so we don't leave anyone out. I don't want to like call out and make anyone feel like they didn't make the list. Again, living up to your (laughs) values here, you know, we can drop the full list in the show. I love it. Yes. (laughs) But we've got everything from, you know, habit and behavior to financial health, to estate planning, to Instagram, to leadership, to negotiation. I tried to really like cover the gamut. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I mean, you know, and I've, I've, as I said, I've been in there and I've seen some of these women and I know some of these women and I can say for sure that they're highly vetted to be in there as well and who are providing that kind of experience and support. And one of the things also that, you know, I hear you talk about also is like finding your voice. And that finding your voice is something that's really important to you and important for you to teach your clients. How come? What is it about your voice specifically? So my goal is that I'm able to support female entrepreneurs in stepping into their role as leaders Mm -hmm. in their businesses, in their communities, in all ways of life. And Again, I think leadership, leader leadership has become somewhat of a buzzword. And I think that part of really showing up as a leader and really claiming a leadership role is dependent on your ability to claim and, and use your voice, right? To say, this is what I stand for. This is what I'm committed to. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm creating, and, you know, welcome <laughs> to be a part of it. And I think that people confuse, especially in kind of our space, leadership and authority, mm, right? So yep. authority is having credibility, mm-hmm. is created based on the past, right? There's proof that you know what you're doing and here's the proof. So I view you as an authority. Right. And authority is also one way. Mm-hmm. And I think that using your voice as an authority looks and feels very different than using your voice as a leader. So leadership is a group activity. Authority is kind of one way. Leadership is communal and requires involvement from everybody. Yep. And I think leadership is also a little bit more future focused. So I have the vision, I've charted the course, and now I'm enrolling people in it to come along with me. Yeah. And so I think using your voice whatever that looks like for you is integral to really fulfilling that, that role as a leader. Wow. 
<laughs> that was really well said. And so I love the distinction that you made between authority and leader, because there's a lot of times people that are saying, I want to be a thought leader. I want to be an authority. I want to be an expert in this space. And it really is kind of alienating it in a way that like, it's my way and you are now going to be my followers in this space. And the other version of leadership as you're talking about is really about how do I empower everyone so that we're all collectively invested in the same purpose, in the same goal, and we're working on it together. Again, coming back to your overall value of generosity and, you know, collaboration and being a high impact intuitive leader. I think, you know, it's so beautiful of the way that you've really woven your own personal values and your experiences in the way that you now function in your business. And that's something that's just so, I think a lot of times for women that are living in their masculine energy and are because they came from corporate or because that's just what society you know, deems of us is that you must operate in this way, but you found this balance of kind of balancing your feminine energy and your masculine energy of knowing when to center yourself and which path to needs my attention right now. Thank you for saying all of that. (laughs) I really liked the way that you talked about leadership being around a collective goal. I think that was beautifully said. And thank you for, for that acknowledgement. You know, it's something I've really grappled with, to be honest, is I don't super resonate with like the masculine feminine Mm -hmm. constructs. I resonate with the concept and I think I've always had some sort of resistance to people telling me that I'm leaning into my like masculine energy. Mm. And I think that's just because in line with everything that we've been talking about, I think that women do have this ability to really integrate their kind of like logical, strategic, practical mind with their intuitive mind. And I think that I've seen so many women like really integrate those two really effectively. And what I'll say is that it's a challenge for me. Like I am not always integrated in that way. I'm definitely someone who leans inherently, I think towards the masculine Mm -hmm. side of that spectrum. And like, it's work sometimes for me to like show up and say, okay, pause on that. Yeah. (laughs) Take a sec, like (laughs) take a breather. What needs to happen? (laughs) Regroup. (laughs) Right. And so thank you for saying that. And I also just want to validate my experience and anyone who might be listening to this experience of like, yeah, it's not always that easy to like have both. Right. I think that sometimes it looks like, okay, today I'm really over here and tomorrow I'm might be really over there. And then there's days where we're really able to kind of pull it all together. But I think that what is like really coming out of it, and you're absolutely right. Like there are some weeks where you're living more in the, you know, you're about to have a launch. That means that you need to be in full blown, like agenda planning, you know, strategy, like next step action. And then when the launch is over, you can finally take that breath and be like, okay, reflect what happened. How did it go? All of that. But I think, again, what you articulated really well is, you know, the piece of they both exist, of course. And what really comes true to is how aware are you in tapping into what you need to lean into? So are you using your intuition and are you trusting yourself to navigate that space of, okay, if I'm so much into my, you know, task oriented positioning, but yet I keep hitting roadblocks, you know, nothing seems to be working. 
then that may be your moment to tap into and be like, okay, this might mean that I need to pause and rebalance myself into leaning into my intuition, reflecting mindfulness practice, whatever it may be for the person. But really the root of that is being intuitive of where do you need to lean in? Yeah, totally. One of my favorite things to ask myself, because I agree with everything that you said, and I'm also going to be super honest that I'm not someone who's great at like ritual. Mm -hmm. I would love to be, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just not, it's not a strength of mine. And so that like, okay, pause, regroup, leaning into what I need to like reset and rebalance my, for myself, that for me happens very quickly. It does not necessarily for me, not that there's anything wrong with any alternative for me, that does not necessarily look like a ritual that takes place over some period of time. For me, it's, you know, like kind of a split second where I'm like, okay. And what really works for me, what feels really accessible for me is asking myself, what do I need? Yeah. Right. So if I feel off kilter a little bit, I can just like stop what I'm doing and say, what do I need? And then intuitively just listen for the answer. And sometimes it's one thing, sometimes it's five things. Yeah. And they usually kind of come up in order of priority. Yeah. And that really helps recenter me is just like that super quick check-in. What do I need right now? Sometimes it's, I need to get up from my desk and go to the bathroom because I've been sitting on back-to-back meetings all day. (laughs) But it's listening to that, right? Like you're absolutely right. It may not be this, like, let me spend a day in this or anything like that. But I think that like when you start trusting your intuition and when you start trusting and you start listening to your body, like, okay, why am I getting antsy right now? Let me listen listen to that really quickly. Okay. This is what it is. Now I got to go at it. It's that piece of trusting Mm -hmm. your intuition that you can make those decisions because when you're in position of leadership, you need to be able to make quick decisions and you don't have time necessarily to fester on them. So how do you balance, right? That like making those quick decisions, making pivots happen, you know, making sure that your team is feeling supported, that you are feeling supported. There's no like guilt being taken into it but it's coming from a place of like, even if that decision ends up failing, but I stand firm in the reason of the why I made that decision. I think that's really what it's about, right? It's just being willing to, to sit in your decision. And I think that for so many women, that's a really challenging thing to do. And that was a really big part of my journey too. Like there was a time where I wasn't able to do that. And I think that is such a huge part of it is just like that acceptance, right? Of like, yep, this is what I choose and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, so first of all, I want to just acknowledge the fact that like, you know, your vulnerability and your transparency and opening about your journey in, you know, where you started recognizing your traits that you've had since you were in second grade or beyond and, you know, and, and how all of that, right. Like tuning into the fact that these are my strengths that are helping me be successful in my business. And the reason I'm successful in my business is because I'm truly tuning into my strengths, what makes me different. And that's what you're then teaching your clients in your group program and that, and through your, you know, definition of community and that feeling that you remember feeling, you're now creating that in your membership group. I find this entire thing so powerful. And I just want to say, thank you for sharing your story and for sharing, you know, just inspirational moments, because I really believe that, you know, what you're doing here also. And when the audience listens to it is that they're going to know that 
this can happen for me as well. And then what I can do for myself. I always like to end my episodes on with asking two specific questions. First one is, you know, you seem like a very fierce and driven and and a very empathic woman. And what I want to know is what does one, the unapologetic woman, what is the characteristics of that for you? And second, who is that for you? Who has been that person that has helped you kind of, you know, besides yourself coming into your own, but who has been that woman for you? I really, really good questions. Ooh, I love this. (laughs) So to me, being an unapologetic woman looks like choice, Mm -hmm. recognizing that we have a choice, claiming our ability and our right to choose. I think it looks like honoring our intuition instead of overriding it. Absolutely. And claiming our perspective. I think a lot of the times we, where the apology shows up and it is like, oh, sorry, but like, here's what I think. Right, right. (laughs) And so instead just saying, yeah, here's my experience. This has been my experience in this meeting, in this conversation, in this relationship. And I think it also really looks like, and I want to acknowledge you for, for doing this. It looks like holding this space for other women to be unapologetic too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's that ability to allow people to say what they want to say and not have it be like a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I mean, I had an experience just like this today where I was talking with someone and I was like, Hey, here's, here's what my experience was like. And she was like, well, here's what my experience was like. And I was like, fair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Cool. Good. Good. I'm glad that we could share that with each other. And I think that you have done such a beautiful job of that on this podcast episode. I think that the reason why, you know, you mentioned people are really going to be able to see themselves in this conversation. And I think that's because you have held this space for me to be unapologetic in what I want to share. So I think that's a really, really big part of it too. So it's not only holding that space for yourself, but holding the space for it to be okay for other people to do it as well. That's beautiful. And thank you. And, you know, I think what you said again, I keep going back to it because it's so true about, you know, women that are unapologetic and who feel comfortable and feel empowered with, you know, this is my choice. I'm going to show up in this way and are very grounded in it then they can create and hold that space for others as well, because there isn't this festering insecurity about, you know, how is this personalized about me and really working through that to trust themselves so that they can create that. And that's exactly what you're again doing. So I think that's incredible. And I love the words that you chose around, you know, having choice and that you have a choice in how you show up and, you know, how you position yourself completely agree that that totally defines an unapologetic woman. So I'd love to, you know, ask that last question of like, who has that been for you in your life? I mean, there's so many women who have had such a profound impact on Mm -hmm. my journey of stepping into that for myself from, you know, previous bosses to friends, to my mom, to Mm -hmm. people I got along with people I didn't get along with. I think that every like female figure in my life has played some sort of role in that. And the answer that really sticks out to me, and I think where like my freedom to be unapologetic came from was from my future self. Wow. That's powerful. Like the version of me, like 10 years from now that is like, Hey, 
Yeah. You got to get it together if you want to be where I am today. And that was, that was real. Like I'm, I'm a forward thinking person. So that mm-hmm. felt really accessible to me. That might not be the case for everybody, but for me, it was seeing the version of myself that is living her life 10 years from now. And she was the one I think who really gave me permission and showed me if you want to get to that place, you have to be unapologetic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that literally gave me the chills just to think about that future person, because that is what you're hoping for. And so what am I doing today to create that, which is again, making those conscious decisions and not just, you know, showing up every day, feeling chaotic with like, okay, well, yeah, I have to get all these tasks done, but what is this even, what's the purpose behind it? So you're constantly connected to your why, which is beautiful. Pia, thank you so much for, you know, being on The Unapologetic Woman and for sharing your perspective, your your story and getting vulnerable with me. I mean, this was really, really special. So I want to pr- just acknowledge you for everything that you've done and for what you're continuing to do for other women. I'd love to give you a minute to, to you know, let the audience know how can they connect with you? Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a great way to end the day where it's the end of the day at the time of our recording. (laughs) It's been a lovely conversation. So thank you so, so much for having me. The best way to connect with us is on Instagram. That's where we're most active. It's where all the timely information is. You can find us at CurateWellCo, all one word, all lowercase. Fantastic. Thank you, Pia. And congratulations again on launching your uh, membership community. And, you know, I know that so many women are going to benefit from this. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're a part of it. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit Pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.